Can I have a drum roll, please? Hello, and welcome to the Youth Ambassador <laughs> Podcast. Um, yeah, great. It's it's nice to see you all here. Well, it's lovely to see you, Chloe. Yeah, lovely to see you. So uh, I'm Chloe. I'm going to be asking the other youth ambassadors some questions. I'm currently a final year music student at the University of Birmingham, and I am zooming from Norwich because. I've moved back in with my parents. Yay! So, um, yeah, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Caitlin. I'm a final year student doing my A-levels, which have been cancelled, but we'll get into that a bit later. And I am Zooming from Stourbridge. Hi, um, I'm Ed. Uh, I'm a, also a final year music student at University of Birmingham. I'm currently still in Selioke in Birmingham, uh, finishing up. Uh, my studies here. Hi I'm Ellen and I'm 19 I'm currently on a gap year and I'm starting uni in September and I'm zooming from Solihull. Hi I'm Maisie I'm just finishing off my first year at the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire and I'm zooming from just outside Birmingham. Great cool so we are going to talk about how we as young musicians are being affected by the lockdown at the moment so just to start with we're all kind of well apart from Ellen <laughs> we're like we're all in education at the moment so Caitlin do you want to start because you're meant to be at school how, how have you been affected? Well when you say that I was meant to start my exams in two days I think it was from now so which is very weird but yeah my so my exams have been cancelled back in like mid-March I think it was so I've officially technically left school now. I know some schools have still been setting work but at my school they said we're not giving you any more work so that was that. Sorry have you um, like had to do anything any more work for your qualifications or is it just all finished? Um, It was quite weird at first like especially because A-levels are really challenging and take up so much of your life to like then have it literally all taken away I didn't really know what to do myself at first and I know I mean some of my friends are saying as well that we felt like we need we were still should be doing something even though there wasn't anything to do but I've sort of settled into it now. What about you Ellen because obviously you're on a gap year do you know like what's going on for your uni next year? Well, they're saying they'll start as soon as possible. Hopefully they'll be able to start when they said they would. But otherwise, I think it's kind of um, kind of when we get there, I'll hear about it. It's all a bit undecided. So you're going to study quite a cool subject, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to study acoustical engineering. So what do you do in that course? Well, I normally give an example, which is um, building acoustics. And that an example of that would be building Symphony Hall, helping with that, and how to make Symphony Hall sound so great. That'd be really cool. So that's, that's quite niche, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Are there many places that you can study acoustical engineering? Um, no, not really. You could do it by going into electrical engineering and then doing a master's. But if you want to do the whole degree as acoustical engineering, then it's Southampton or Salford, really. Yeah. So what about conservatoire, Maisie? How are they dealing with this? Um, so we don't 
ever have any academic classes in our third term. So our term normally looks like preparing for our recitals, but for first and second years, they got cancelled. So at the moment, I'm just having my one-to-one -one lessons and a few performance classes, but not a lot. So how does the performance class work? Is that multiple of you in a class? Yeah, so there's groups of about nine people on a Zoom call um, and we'll all play to each other. There's a tutor that kind of gives us comments and feedback. Very chilled out, but it's not quite the same as usual. No, but it's good that you can still get that. That's pretty useful. Quite impressive. Yeah, it's really good that they're still able to do that. And Ed, obviously, like, where we're kind of in the same boat because we're in the same year, on the same course, in the same place. Yeah, it's, it was a weird end. Because obviously we're both final year students, so we were expecting to go until our final recitals, which would have been early June. But um, it was, when was it? The day before they called down the sort of official lockdown stuff measures, we were supposed to have a concert in Town Hall doing uh, Birdie Requiem, but then that got cancelled the Monday before that. And that it was from that point where everything started to sort of slowly sort of shut down from our side of things with like music concerts and things like that. Well, quite quickly, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was weird. And then within a couple of days, the wider uni was sort of shutting down. And then, yeah, very weird. But then for me, because the uni, they've said for final year students, we only have to pass 80 credits. Whereas normally for a university, year, you'd have to do 120. That's meant that for me, all of my second term work just didn't matter for anything. So I kind of had everything sort of cancelled as well. So it was just a really weird end. There was no kind of an end assignment either. So you completed all your credits kind of in the first half of second term and then first term? Yeah, yeah. So first term was 40 and then my final recital was 40. So the other 40 from second term just didn't need to be taken into account. And so you're still in Selly Oak? Yeah, we're here for now because my housemates, we all decided to stay. We all had various bits of work to get on with and we were sort of happy where we were. So we were carrying on for now. Oh, that's really nice. As things ease down, I'm sure we'll sort of think about heading back. So obviously as well, Ed, because you're a percussionist. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the difficulties you've got at the moment? Well, so it was a bit of a worry because obviously I'm doing the final recital. So at Birmingham University you can do a 40 credit final recital module performance module which basically heavily weights your final year in sort of specializing performance and that's fine normally but as a percussionist i use all the facilities on campus and they've got loads there and it's great but um it's meant that <laughs> as soon as the uni shut down sort of towards the end of march i've had no access to any of that so that was a big worry when thinking about how am i going to complete i think i have 30 credits left of the performance module to do with no actual <laughs> instruments or anywhere to practice or anything like that. So the unis had to make various sort of adjustments for people in that situation like me and people, I guess, like who just don't have access to that, their instruments. But yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah. Especially because it's such a heavy amount of your final year. So do you, how are you dealing with not having your instrument in terms of kind of having that outlook? Because I know I find that as a musician in a time like this, being able to play is quite a grounding thing to be able to do? Honestly, instruments wise, I haven't really. I've got a practice pad, which is fine for keeping up with technique and things like that. But the actual sort of experience of feeling like you're actually playing something has kind of gone for now, which is a shame. I kind of actually want to talk about my experience of lockdown because um, even though Ed and I, obviously, you'd think that we would have quite a similar experience because we're in the same year, on the same course, at the same institution. 
my experience of lockdown is actually quite normal because I'm basically preparing for my final recital. I've been finishing off my final assignments and I'm writing a dissertation. So actually for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other students who are uh, completing their degrees at the moment, it's quite a silver lining that nobody is doing anything because obviously I'm stuck at home doing all my uni work but so is everyone else so I'm not quite getting that fear of missing out yeah. that I think I would have been getting. I think I'm quite lucky really because on the one side I've got something to keep me occupied during lockdown and on the other hand I've got a reason to not feel so bad about having to do all my work. Yeah I suppose that's a nice thing because for me I've had everything cancelled although we're on the same degree in the same course same university yeah so it's been a weird end for me in that I haven't felt like I've accomplished what I was supposed to finish this year if that makes sense yeah I've just been told you've done everything you need to do to pass you're good you can graduate so it's a weird way to end without having a sort of dissertation to hand in or a something to perform so obviously with everything cancelled and locked down what does everyone kind of see the future of live music to be as we come out of lockdown in the next year i mean at the moment we've got like quite a lot of live music in the streets anyone playing on thursdays yeah whacked a saucepan, <laughs> Whack a saucepan. <laughs> bring out my weak my percussion skills i always get a trumpet out and just blow I suppose the thing with the thing with live performance is just that it's going to be the last thing that will go back to normal. Mm. Or anything live with a big audience, because it's people next to each other that don't know each other. And I suppose the flip of that is also people wanting to go to an event like that where they are next to someone they don't know. And it wouldn't be the same experience necessarily if you had a a hall filled with people to like thirty percent capacity spread out so that they could make it happen. There's sort of two sides to it that also can make it work, but also will make it a very different experience for the time being, I'm sure. And then I guess a lot of um, symphony concert performances aren't full anyway, really, are they? True, yeah. I suppose then can an orchestra play still, or do they have to be two metres apart? Yeah, how would that work for them? I think maybe chamber music has a little bit more of a chance than kind of full, full orchestra stuff. It's hard, isn't it? I know in like my street at home, there's been a lot of people playing in families. So like we'll all come out and, and play a duet together, something like that. So I think it's really nice because it just makes things a bit simpler, doesn't it? It's bringing music back to its roots and being like, actually, this is really simple. This is just us playing a song for you. Has anyone played anything with their families? None of my family are particularly musical. Neither. Although... I, I encouraged my sister to get her clarinet back out, which must have been about, it must have been in the case under her bed for about six years. Um, we played some duets together, um, which was interesting, but it was quite nice to have a moment that we haven't shared for, for so long, because we wouldn't ever normally have the time. Has anyone took part in the Somewhere Over the Rainbow thing on Thursday? Yeah, I did it one week and went outside and played for our neighbours. Nice. I could attempt it on a saucepan, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you could like try and somehow get the harmonic. Yeah. 
Yeah, wine glass and with a bit of water in it. Yeah. You need to get the harmonics out. Yeah, there we go. Or just find loads of different items all with the right pitches. If you did that, I'd be really impressed. Wow, there we go. That's my week sorted. <laughs> There's a percussionist in Opera North who, like, every Thursday, him and his wife do, like, a um, NHS brigade thing. They do, like, a drum roll. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fun. And um, so he'll, he's got his, like, snare drum and he does the whatever the snare thing is called. And his his wife plays the wheelie bin, so she has like a, a bass drum mallet, and then like plays, <laughs> plays the wheelie bin, which is quite fun. <laughs> well, we've got we've got three percussionists here in this house. We'll have to have three wheelie bins. Yeah. Echo down the street. Yeah. Why haven't we seen any content from your house, Ed? Come yeah, on. Okay. <laughs> Watch this space. When this podcast goes out, it'll, it'll be flooding all over social media. <laughs> Can't wait to see your face go viral, Ed. So what else have we been doing with all this extra time? I baked some stuff for the NHS. For the NHS? Yeah, my mum works for the NHS. So she would take it in. I'd get requests every week. What did you bake? Um, first did a carrot cake. Mm. Then I got a request for a lemon drizzle. Mm. And then I did some millionaire shortbread as well. Can you like send stuff in the post? <laughs> my my nanny did that the other week. She sent flapjacks to everyone in our family. Oh. Like in the post. That is so cute. I'm surprised they lasted like in the post, but yeah. I suppose it's just sugar. Yeah. I guess if you wrapped it like in um paper. If you do brownies, that would probably work. Yeah. You'll have to be careful, Eleanor, otherwise all the listeners will be uh, calling you. Yeah, if you're listening to this, please don't harass Ellen, unless you work with her mum. <laughs> Getting requests. So has anyone been involved in any of the online projects? I have. You have? Have you? Tell us about your online project, Ed. Well, yeah, well because my um, stuff was kind of just called off for me, so I had a bit of better time on my hands <laughs> i sort of all these videos were circulating in various orchestras and people creating their own or like recreating their ensembles that they usually play in virtually it looks like it's a kind of on a zoom call kind of thing with different people playing instruments so i did it with some of the players at uni um we did an orchestra piece chloe you were a part of it weren't you oh was i um i don't remember yeah you made a cup of tea <laughs> in the middle <laughs> it was good fun we did a bit from romeo and juliet prokofiev um or apprentice theme tune and it was really good fun because we had we did the sort of recorded and I edited and mixed the audio first and I got everyone to film themselves playing along to that and then pieced it together so it looked like everyone was sort of playing along but it meant that we could do some funny things with it. Like I say, Chloe made a cup of tea in the middle. Hilarious. <laughs> Just walked off and made some tea. So obviously you sent us all like a click track to play along to. Yeah. So if you wanted to make a project of your own how do you make a click track i only know the software that i've got so i've been using logic which you can get or there's garage band which comes with apple products and through those you can sort of there's a whole array of crazy tech stuff that i understand about half of but one of those things is you can make a click track sort of choose a tempo and export that as a literally like an mp3 you can send out to people is it a specific function or is it you inputting a drum machine beat sort of thing no so it's a proper metronome that's kind of built into the software uh, okay um so when you bounce the audio file you can either keep the metronome sound the click on or you can turn it off so normally if you export something you turn it off because you don't 
want to hear it. Yeah. And hopefully everyone stays in time a bit better. <laughs> you can always move it around a bit anyway, though, can't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone's audio has been slightly, <laughs> slightly tweaked. Chop a bit there to make it all match up a bit. Yeah. But as a result, in that video, um, and people can, can check it out. It's on the uh, University of Birmingham Facebook page. The Music Society at University was supposed to have a summer festival each year. And we're sort of supposed to have it this year in early June. But as a result, they're sort of organising an online version. And I've been asked to create a couple more for that, which would be good fun to try and keep the music making going that way on Facebook. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts about this, but when I first saw all these videos come coming out on social media, I was kind of seeing them all and I was like, oh, another one, another one. This just isn't the same, blah, 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 blah. But then I just thought that when you did yours and you see all the people you know like in a grid together playing together it's not even that it's like it's not even the actual novelty of like oh it's a virtual orchestra thing it's seeing everyone that you know all together playing really heartwarming yeah yeah it's and it was really sweet afterwards as well people texting and saying how much it sort of improved their lockdown so far. Yeah. Getting involved in something like that. Um, as nice as it is to see people you don't know sort of comment and say, oh, this is nice, this is lovely. It's actually, you know, the people that you spent three years playing with, like it feels like you are kind of playing with them again, which is quite nice. Yeah. It's quite um, interesting though, isn't it? Because obviously when you're recording it, you're by yourself and you're kind of doing take after take and it can get quite gruelling because yeah I don't really know how many takes people are doing it's hard to know whether I'm imagining people are kind of I mean you I don't know Chloe how many times you might have recorded it because I just get sent an audio file and I sort of stitch it together I was doing a virtual choir one today and I think I ended up doing about like seven or eight takes and it just wasn't working but I think the best thing is to like only do a couple of takes and then just let it be because you can sort of like when you've got an audio recording of like yourself before you can sort of be like oh no that bit wasn't perfect or oh, I could do that bit again and you just end up getting worked up about it yeah I suppose in a concert as well yeah it's never going to be 100 percent correct yeah yeah but then when you can check what you just played and then you go oh no I missed something there then you try again mm-hmm. try again try. I completely get that because I'm preparing for an audition which is by video and obviously in an audition, things things go wrong and you just move on. But having to record it is making me feel so much more like I'm analysing everything because I can do it as many times as I want to. But I'm never going to be able to do a 20-minute audition perfectly. But it's able to send that off knowing exactly where yeah. you went wrong and being able to listen to it again. I suppose that doesn't stop the people examining as well to be able to just go back over something and then... Oh no, Ed, stop it! Oh, please. oh sorry. <laughs> nah, I doubt that. They'll just listen to it once, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I wish you hadn't said that. But um, I did a recording for the Nervous Ensemble, who actually, they've got, record, they've got um, a project at the moment called the Living Room Ensemble, which anyone can download a part and and play along, send in a recording, and they will put it all together and make a mix out of it, basically. Yeah, so I did a recording for for Nevis, and basically one of the pieces that we do, they're the sorts of pieces that are, they're quite gruelling, and 
when you're actually performing them you wouldn't you wouldn't play all the notes you'd kind of miss a bit out there and miss a bit out there but when you're recording it it's just like this is so tiring and I've got to play all these notes in the end I just um played a section at a time and then just like pieced it together because I couldn't I couldn't play it so yeah and there was a really hard bit where there was like a really fast run and then a trill and what I did was I just did the fast run over and over again until I got it right and then I did the trill that was basically really high and really hard to get in tune so then I just pieced that together as well and it sounded really good. It's funny I hope Catherine who plays in our uni orchestra might be saying but she just sent me her recordings for Pines and there's a big well so there's a bit of a clarinet solo at the end of the third movement yeah. bit of the, the bird song and things and there's a very long note that gets held for about three or four bars or a very slow tempo you know Maisie <laughs> and um she texted me just saying here's the thing I couldn't hold the note for as long as it was um hope you don't mind but I was like don't worry I can just edit it so you can literally like extend the the note yeah. and just stitch it up so it matches up so in a way it's almost like yeah I mean I think I sent you my when I sent you mine I think I sent it to you and then I was like oh but I really messed that bit up so I just did it again there's like an, yeah, there was an and extra your, little bit at the yeah. end then you stitched it back together yeah. for me. Thanks. So it's funny in a way, like <laughs> doing it all over online, you can always make yourself sound a bit. <laughs> yeah. But then it can get a bit clinical, can't it? Yeah, there is the other aspect of it. You try and like time it all up perfectly. It never would actually sound like that. Having said that, that is quite often how professional recordings are done now, aren't they? Like we're somehow turning live music into what would just be a, on a record or recorded. Hmm. But then that puts a lot of pressure on musicians, I think, yeah. to make it sound like what a recording would sound like when actually the recording you're listening to isn't a performance. It's like several bits of performance put together so that it's like the perfect performance. I think there's something nice about listening to music live and having those imperfections and the thrill of not knowing how it's going to turn out. Yeah, it loses a bit of a, oh, I've got one chance to nail this solo and if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. And if I squeak, I squeak. Um, then you can just be like, oh, that was bad. I'll record it again. But it's hard to capture that excitement of live music in a recording when you don't want to just put out something that doesn't sound very good. So, yeah, just as a kind of last little bit, does everyone want to give a, a quick little recommendation of a piece for people to listen to? I've been listening to... Matachin by Delia Derbyshire which is just like a short piece and it's a bit of a bop really and it just gives me a bit of energy when I'm feeling a bit lethargic you know which happens a lot. My recommendation is Gore's Requiem because I've sang it in choirs before and obviously not being able to sing um, with being at choir anymore it's quite nice to be able to like listen to it at home and sing along with my part so have you done that yeah yeah I sang I sang the final movement before in church choirs and then listened to the rest of the piece that's nice uh, I've been listening to a lot recently this piece because it's our next uh project for our online orchestra thing I'm sorting out for the uni summer festival music um so it's Pines of Rome which is a four movement symphonic poem it depicts pine trees in four different locations in Rome at different times of day. It's not necessarily a bop like Chloe's piece but it's certainly a pretty fun exciting piece to listen to if you've got a spare half hour. Uh, so I recommend Ravel Bolero 
or Bolero Baravel. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, just because it gets me in the mood, really, and I'm a bit obsessed with it. <laughs> Do you want to tell that story that you told us earlier? Yeah, why, why I like Bolero so much. So, Caitlin and I both sing in CBSO Youth Chorus, and we're singing at the proms. And I don't know, I don't know what year it was, like two years ago? Yeah, I think so. A year ago, two years ago. And we sang in the first, the first half or the second half. And we had to sit there for the rest of the half. And I didn't know what was going to be played next because I hadn't looked. And I hadn't heard of Els Valero before, like in a concert hall. <laughs> I'd heard it in like movies and things because it's used quite a lot. It's in Dot 2 as well, <laughs> if you didn't know that. <laughs> and yeah, I... I was just sitting there and I was kind of ready just to sit there and be still. And then Ravel's Below came on and I was like, oh, this is good. I'm going to have a little listen, wake up. And it was, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. And then I became obsessed with it. And I was probably singing it the whole way home afterwards. Do you sit really still with your hands on your knees every time you listen to it? <laughs> it was such a cool experience though because we were like on the stage of the Albert Hall, like literally on the stage with the CBSO, just like right in front of us performing it. Yeah, and the highlight was the trombones because I could see, I was watching the trombones when they all stood up. It was just like you felt like you were in the orchestra. It was really cool. Wait, so did they stand up to play? Yeah, they were quite funny actually. And they were doing like sliding. Yeah, it was quite entertaining. That's cool. What have you been listening to, Maisie? I've been listening to Rachmaninoff's Second Symphony, and I definitely recommend it, even if you've listened to it never before. There's a really beautiful clarinet solo at the start of the third movement, which I just think I've never got to play it in a concert, but it's just a really beautiful solo. Thanks for listening to the You Can Buster podcast. All of the pieces that we've mentioned in the podcast will be on a playlist which will be linked in the description to the episode.